Welcome to Redefining Active Investing, the podcast from ECP Asset Management, where we share our insights on markets, industries, and the highest quality companies we can find. I'm Lachlan Hodgkinson, and I'm joined today by Andrew Dale, Partner and Portfolio Manager here at ECP, where we'll be discussing his latest article on corporate culture. Thanks for your time today, Andrew. Diving straight into it, why do you think corporate culture is such an important consideration for investors? Yeah, thanks, Lachlan. Look, I think corporate culture is one of the most critical things in an organisation. I've been able to, over my career for the past 30 years, work in both large and small organisations, structured and unstructured. And and really, it, it's the culture of the organisation that helps define your own input into the into the job, but it also helps to define the strategy of the business and the direction it goes. When looking at companies, and, and I've also had the good fortune of seeing literally hundreds of companies over the years in, in all geographies, it's very easy to identify a, a, a good company um, with a with a good culture. And, and it is really very clear to see how they drive their overall business. And the people within the organization are happy. There's equality amongst them. And they're, they're really striving hard and productivity levels are high. And I think it's one of the critical things that needs to be considered in all, all investment decisions for us. What is it then, in your opinion, that's the key driver of a good corporate culture? Look, I think one of the key things clearly is is senior management's buy into a, a good corporate culture, and and when it comes to listed companies, it also needs to be something that the board really buys into, particularly in an evolving marketplace where you know there are different drivers out there now, equality, gender related issues, and and a, a dynamic marketplace in general. Boards and senior management teams need to embrace culture. They need to ensure their staff are happy. They need to drive communication, collaboration, equality. And, and it's it's a really key thing to, to have that management team drive that because that trickles down into middle management, then trickles down into, into the normal everyday sort of rank and file employee. And it really gets buy-in. And I think the most critical point here is not only in up markets, but also in down markets because it's when corporate culture is required the most, when people are going through more difficult times. And, and that's where senior management, typically with tenure in the organisation, are able to deliver for their staff and and others. And what are some of the benefits that a good corporate culture provides those companies that might possess it? You look, I think a really positive corporate culture um, firstly leads to really good productivity levels within the organisation, which, which then goes on to deliver good financial results. I've always thought that when you have an employee entering the building each day or or now, I guess, working from home, the most critical thing is getting sort of 90% utilisation out of that employee. Um, a good corporate culture really means that the, the individual wants to drive and be part of an organisation and they focus less on their own personal requirements and things. So, so they, they sort of think more about the organization and more about the team that they work in. So productivity is one key thing. I think also just the, the harmony in the workplace and, you know, people being happy typically generates a better culture and strategy for the business and, and you tend to get better results. But, but ultimately as an investor, we want this all to come through into financial results 
And I think that the return on investment of staff in an organization is something that's not well understood. But when you have a good corporate culture, you do tend to get high return on investment for that staff spend. And that's what ends up driving really good results. So as you're analyzing a company, how do you go about making that assessment of its corporate culture? What are some of the things that investors can look for to find those exceptional companies with a great corporate culture? And on the other hand, actively avoid companies where a negative culture may exist. Yeah, look, it it is definitely one of the more challenging areas to tangibly assess because corporate culture is one of these sort of intangible areas. But there are certain things that can indicate that there is a good corporate culture, things such as staff satisfaction surveys, churn rates within the organization, i.e. number of people that are leaving the organization on a regular basis, net promoter scores, and, and again, coming back to financial performance and results. If you look at those, um, probably the one that we try to focus on the most when looking at companies is just what the turnover is in, in both senior management as well as middle management. If, if there's low turnover, it typically indicates that people are happy in the workplace. And if there's high turnover, it indicates there's some sort of cultural problem within the business. There are other sort of external surveys that are out there in the market that, that provide feedback on employees both past and present within organization. It's always important to read those and and see what people are saying. But I think typically another thing to consider is companies with good corporate cultures, they tend to put their staff on show. So they give access for the market to to different lines of management and and they show people because they're proud of the culture they've, they've developed. And those people themselves are the best advertisement for their businesses. So that's something I think we really like to focus on. A company that doesn't want you to meet anyone tends to be a bit of a red flag. And you've made mention of two companies that we own in our portfolios in your article, those being Rio Tinto and Cochlear. What is it about those two companies that you find so interesting from a cultural perspective? Yeah, look, I think both those companies are interesting. I'll start first with the positive um, related to Cochlear. That Cochlear is a company that has has been around 30 to 40 years. It's, it's rich history is in R&D and technology. They've always stayed very true to their principles. Their, their, their principle or their, their whole ethos is around helping people, helping people with hearing impairments or difficulties. The management team has a, a very long tenure across multiple areas of the business. Um, you've seen a real um, buy into corporate culture. They do like to have an inclusive environment. They've got um, you know many different peoples across technology, engineering, sales, marketing, etc. They do open their doors quite regularly to the market through strategic days and 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 discussions with the market. So you get to meet many different people across different line managements. And and really, when you combine their 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 passion for R and D and technology, the tenure of management, the the results that they've been able to drive, and the accessibility of, of people to the market, you have a, a great sort of story that that is centralised around a positive corporate culture. When you look at Rio Tinto, conversely, they, they've um, it, it's been well documented that they've had issues with their co- culture and the workplace. Um, these really manifested themselves in the Dugan Gorge tragedy, where a real lack of process, a lack of communication, a lack of positive culture led to some bad decisions being made. You also had the company 
putting together their own report on the workplace, which revealed quite a toxic environment. I, I might add something that's a little bit consistent across a lot of mining companies, so I wouldn't penalise Rio specifically for this. However, Rio did take the, the initiative to actually directly look at that and, and look for outcomes. And, and all these things sort of contributed to what, what's been a pretty poor workplace. Interestingly for Rio, though, it hasn't had a huge impact on its financial performance because at the end of the day, Rio Tinto is driven by commodity prices and, and production of its major minerals. So it's a bit of a tricky one in the sense that corporate culture was quite poor. However, financial performance was quite positive. The good news now is that Rio has changed um, people on the board. They've changed senior management. They've put people in place now to specifically deal with these sorts of issues. And they're really making it a priority to drive a positive, inclusive um, culture with a quality, real focus on sort of not only Indigenous, but also females in the workplace. And, and really quickly, we've seen positive results. Net promoter scores improving staff participation in surveys improving. And we're actually quite positive that on the back of what has been a pretty bad outcome, the company is actually going to move into the next period of growth with a, a positive sort of framework to work on. So they're the two examples I'd, I'd probably highlight in the portfolio.